All right, all right, all right. Awesome, awesome. Let's all take our seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of y'all are just too cool, yo. Too cool to engage, you know? My name is uh, JP. People call me JP. My name is John. I'm the campus director at Seoul National University. And I love my peoples, right? And uh, I go by Jolly John, as they say. And the campus director of Korea University, right? The person who just uh, introduced myself. Uh, where's she at? Emily, what did you introduce yourself as? I'm curious. Endearing Emily. All right, all right. All right, campus director of Yonsei University. Where you at? Where'd she go? Oh, she's up there. What'd you introduce yourself as? (laughs) I don't think she did it. Super Sarah, I don't know. (laughs) All right, now we have our executive director of all of Emmaus. Her name is Myunghwa, Pastor Myunghwa. So, Pastor Myunghwa, what did you introduce yourself as? Master Myunghwa? Well, get out of here. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm excited for tonight. Um, first of all, I want to thank you guys for coming out. I know it's in the middle of the week, and I know that it's not the beginning of school. I mean, beginning of school is way past, and we're about to get into midterm soon. Is that right? Already? Oh, I said that. I said the M word, midterms, right? Um, thank you for coming out. I believe that tonight... Um, it wasn't your alarm clock that woke you up. You know, I believe in uh, the existence of God, and I believe in His grace that wakes us up every morning. And I believe it's that same hand that led you guys here today. Amen? And I believe that God wants to speak to you guys a specific word today. And it's a word, actually, where uh, it's been burning on my heart, actually. Um, this past Monday, I was actually... Uh, uh, spending some time with the Lord, and He was just really speaking to me some very personal things in my heart through His Word, and um, it turned into like three or four hours of sitting there at a cafe, just just meditating on this Word. And then I came home and I ate dinner, and I would spend another three hours just going deeper into this Word. And I felt like God was saying, "This Word is not just for you, JP. It's for it's for my children. It's for my people here." On Wednesday. So I'm in faith. I'm here to share with you guys. And it's, I'm excited to share it because this never happens to me. But I was, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night like three or four times because I felt like I couldn't fall asleep. You know that feeling of like before you go to an amusement park as a kid the night before? You're so excited you can't go to sleep. I haven't had that in a long time because I'm a deep sleeper. But I had that for preaching today. Right? And I, I kept waking up, and I felt like God was giving me downloads. And I had to wake up, run to the living room, because I keep my computer in the living room, right? You guys should do that too, right? And I, and I just started typing everything that I felt like God was telling me. And I went back to sleep, and I was like, right when I'm about to get into REM mode, I felt like, again, oh, I got to get out of bed, and, I, and it happened again. So anyways, I'm excited to preach. Are you guys excited to listen? All right. Um, so this message is fresh out the oven, and let's get to it, right? Let's turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. Let's all turn there. Um, If you have your Bibles, turn with me. If you have your phones, open the app, please.
All right. If you don't have it, I have it on the screen. I'm going to be reading it from the ESV. Here we go. Jesus is uh, preaching here. All right. Jesus is preaching. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. Today, I feel like what God wants to touch upon today, what I'm going to be preaching on today is actually dealing with anxiety. Dealing with anxiety. All right? Um, bow with me. And let's pray together. Let's pray. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence here and we ask you, we ask for you to do what you love to do, God. We ask for you to open the eyes of our hearts that we may see you clearly, that we may see Jesus clearly tonight. And Father, I pray, especially tonight, I pray, would you show us who you really are, God? Not who we think you are, God, but show us who you really are, God. I pray that every heart in here will be softened by your spirit. It would be fertile soil that as your word goes forth, I pray that these seeds planted may bear 30, 60, 100 fold, oh God. Father, we thank you for the grace to be able to listen to your word, oh God. We praise you, God, and we bless you, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anxiety, all right? Raise your hand if you've ever felt anxious before. That's everybody, right? Raise your hand if you're feeling anxious this week. Mm. I think we're about that age, right? The age of college or grad school where we are very familiar with feeling anxious, right? I remember as a child, if you were to ask a little, little kid, do you feel anxious? I don't think... They say, I feel anxious. As a kid, there is no anxiety. There is no care in this world. There is no responsibility. 
right? That's why I believe when Jesus challenges us to have childlike faith, to have childlike faith means to walk in a place where we're free from anxiety. You know, all of us as Christians, we're called to mature as believers, but actually still maintain a childlike faith. Right? That's what I want. That's what all of us want here. And this message today is either for you now, everyone who raised your hands, but everyone who didn't raise your hands, guess what? It's going to be for you in the future. I'm sorry. Why? I'm sorry to break it to you, but the truth is, life is going to get busier than it is now. Uh Uh-oh. Responsibilities are going to increase, and we will not be able to avoid the trouble is of anxiety. Even today, some of us feel anxious for many different reasons. You know, I feel that some of us, we feel anxiety because of family issues, family circumstances. Some of us, I feel like we feel anxious because of school. That's maybe all of us, right? Some of us, we feel anxious because of our social life. Some of us, we feel anxious about our future. Mm. Right? We feel anxious about our future. There's a lot of reasons why we feel anxious. Some of us, we're so paralyzed by anxiety. For some of us in here, it's very difficult to sleep at night. And it's been going on for a long time. You know, some of us, our anxiety is so severe that this anxiety has choked away hope. Choked away strength. Some of us feel so tired and fatigued all the time. Because this elongated cycle of anxiety. I'm not here to tell us, okay, and put in front of our faces the reality of the anxiety. I'm here today to deliver the words of Jesus that offer freedom from anxiety. You guys with me? You know, for me, I'm only 30 years old, right? I know I look like 20. But I'm realizing more and more, I'm realizing more and more that even though I'm a pastor, even though I'm doing ministry, preaching and doing all these spiritual things, even though I'm doing all these things, I got to be honest with you, still in my heart, I struggle with anxiety. Because in my outer life, I can look like I'm doing all these Christian things. I may look mature, but in my private life, can I just be really honest with you? I'm trying to figure this thing out called life. And some of you guys are with me, right? You know, so let's see. I'm not here to get good, good advice, but let's just see the words of Jesus, what he's saying, all right? Now, let's look at the text. We're going to get through this, all right? The first word of this text is, everyone say, therefore. Whenever, okay, for the Bible readers out there, all right? Which, is, which should be everyone, right? Whenever you see a therefore, you got to ask yourself, what is therefore, therefore? Okay? Oh, yeah, that's funny, right? What is, what is therefore, therefore? Which means you got to look at the previous passages, right? You got you to read the previous passages to understand what you're about to read more clearly. So before we move forward, let me just give you a little background on what's going on, all right? Before this sermon, Jesus 
he's speaking to a crowd. And he's giving this sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. All right? Now, this sermon, he says this before what, we're, what we just read. He says, he's talking to these people called the hypocrites. Ain't nobody like hypocrites. Until we realize that, honestly, we are one as well, ourselves, right? That's another sermon, right? Ain't nobody like hypocrites. And Jesus is confronting these hypocrites, these religious people, and they're saying this. He's confronting three activities that they do. And these three activities are giving to the poor, praying, and fasting. Jesus confronts these hypocrites, and he puts them on blast in front of everybody. You know what he says? He says that they were doing these things, these, these, these religious things that we all do, right? They were doing these things, these things, not actually out of a love and devotion to God. But the Bible says, if you read all three of these sections, it says that Jesus was doing these things for the attention of men. I like to call that the fear of men. Living in such a way, living in such a way that we don't fear God and do things for God. Living in such a way where we just want the opinion of men. So basically, you know what Jesus is saying to these people? These people, these hypocrites, you know what he's addressing? They're all about building up their reputation. They're all about building up their image. Saying, I don't really care how God sees me actually, but I care more about how the world sees me. And then there's a next section right before the therefore. And Jesus is talking to the same people saying, hey, let me tell you, please stop accumulating treasures here on earth. But accumulate treasure in heaven. What is Jesus addressing here? He says, hey, guys, let me tell you the truth. Stop falling into materialism. Everyone say materialism. You see. Before the therefore, you got to understand that our reputation that we work so hard to build up, if we were to be honest, and the wealth that we're trying to live for, right? The trajectory of our life, we're trying to build wealth in a certain way. You can't take it with you to heaven and they won't love you back. You can't take with you to heaven. That's what Jesus is saying. So. Before this part of the sermon, he's confronting hypocrites who specifically practice these three three things, all right? In light of this, in light of, what did I say? Reputation and materialism. In light of that, now you see, right? Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Jesus is talking about anxiety that comes when we pursue a worldly pattern of building our own reputation, fear of man, and also accumulating wealth that moth and time will destroy. <laughs> right? This is what Jesus is saying. This is what he's saying. He's saying the section before what we read, worldly, re- worldly reputation and materialism, right? These are the very things that if we continue to live for these things, you, will, you cannot escape anxiety. You can't escape anxiety. 
All right? Now listen. You know what happens when we make decisions? Let me, like, let me make this real for us, all right? You know what happens when we make decisions when anxiety gets into the mix? You know how we live our lives? Let me give you some examples, all right? First is this, our finances. Our fan- finances. When ex- anxiety gets into the mix in our hearts, you know, you, know how, you know how we live our finances? We start coveting. We start being jealous of what other people have. We start stealing, Right? We start doing everything we can, hoarding, greeting, right? Rather than giving and generosity. You see, you won't give. We won't give. We won't be generous if we're so stuck with anxiety when it comes to our finances. Because we got to look out for ourselves, right? We got to look out for ourselves. That's finances. Let's make this more applicable. How about school? You see, when anxiety hits us as students, right? We study to memorize. And we study to pass tests and get good grades, ultimately to get a good job, ultimately to accumulate wealth. See, when we study with anxiety, we do these things rather than simply for the joy of learning. Hey, whatever, whatever happened to going to school, to actually learn. Anxiety. Now let's talk about how about our relationships. When anxiety gets in the mix with all our friendships, with all our parental relationships, you know what ends up happening? We begin to withdraw. We begin to be indifferent. We begin to be uncaring. Anyone who offends us. Right? We've got to fend for ourselves. What ends up happening when anxiety comes into our relationship? We begin to use people rather than serve people. Because we've got to get our backs, right? What about our identities? Hmm. You see, when anxi- we're so immersed with anxiety, we begin to lie about ourselves. We, be- we begin to cover things up about ourselves. We begin to inflate things about ourselves. You see, rather than treasuring our own dignity and value. You see, a life dictated by anxiety is straight up slavery. A life where we make decisions based on anxiety, it's slavery. And Jesus is addressing this because he loves his people. He has come to set his people free, not to live in slavery. And tonight, God wants to set so many of us free tonight even. Amen? Now let's go to the next verse. This is so good, right? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, right? The next portion, what you will eat and what you will what? Drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. Oh, snap. Eat, drink, and what you wear. You know, it's funny because if you go on Instagram these days, if you go on Instagram these days, everything is about what we eat. Our, our little coffee, right? On our latte art, what we drink, right? And come on, come on, somebody. And hype beast, right? Everything is hype beast about what we wear. Right? Hey, I fall into that too. You go to my Instagram right now, you'll see, oh, snap, this tokarbi right here. Yo, this tofoki, right? Oh, I love coffee. I, 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 I post, you know, anyways. Just like a hipster, right? And then hype beast, you know, who wants the new NMDs? Who wants that new Supreme, right? 
Everything on Instagram is about that. Everything. You see, when we're so just addicted to this social media, the culture of this world, like little by little, without us even noticing, we, we, we become exactly that. We start, we start tripping about what we're going to wear tomorrow. Man, I miss, you know, I used to live in uh, West Africa for a year and a half in Gambia. And when I lived there, you know what I loved about it? You know what I loved about it? When I walked around, like nobody, like in the neighborhood I was at, I didn't have to look in the mirror and make sure I matched. <laughs> I, would, I would just wake up, I would put on basketball shorts and a, uh, a button-up t-shirt. Something that would never fly here right? You just didn't care, right? I missed that. What if we all just got to live like that and we would save so much time and energy, right? <laughs> Nobody says amen to that, right? <laughs> right? But uh, this is really cool because if you look at this passage, Jesus is actually very intentional of why he uses um, these actions of eating, drinking, and wearing, about your body. You know why? Actually, Jesus, when he's talking to these Jewish people, actually, Jewish people, they know their history. Jesus is actually addressing and giving an example of what happened in the book of Exodus. When God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, and God led them into the wilderness for 40 years. You guys remember that? Right? The people of God in the wilderness for 40 years, right? That's what happened. And what was God's purpose as to why he led them out of slavery into the wilderness, right? The reason why God did that is this. To teach them what? That God, teach them that God is not a slave owner like Pharaoh in Egypt. That actually God, he's a father, he wanted to introduce himself to his people as a father. And it, he wanted to, you know, you could take them out of slavery, but you got to take the slavery out of them, right? And he wanted to instill in them, hey, I'm not a slave owner like you're used to. I'm a father, and you are actually my children. And the number one thing that God was trying to establish in the wilderness is this. Teach them to depend on and trust God. That's what God was trying to do in the desert, all right? So what did God do? God provided for them daily manna, what you eat, right? And then he started providing for them water in supernatural ways, what you drink. And it says in Deuteronomy that he said, their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell during the 40 years because God provided even clothes for them. You see, Jesus was reminding them, you remember your forefathers? Stop worrying about what you eat, drink, and wear. Don't you remember that this God provided for our forefathers? Don't you remember that? But what happened? What happened? You read the Old Testament, you see what happens. The Israelites, what do they do? Do they start depending on God? No. They start turning to idol worship. Idol worship. They start worshiping gods like Baal and Ashtoreth. You know why they start worshiping idols? Because guess what? Idols were a means to an end, actually. They didn't worship idols because they loved idols and the idols loved them back. 
There was no relationship with idols. Why did they worship idols? Because these gods were known for the god and goddesses of wealth, fertility, which grows your family and reputation at that time. You guys get what I'm saying here? These gods were worshipped because the people, they wanted to pursue materialism, wealth, and reputation. Even back in the day. That's why they worship idols, right? At the end of the day, it was actually their selfishness and their fear that drove them to idolatry. You see, what we eat, catch this, all right? What we eat and what we drink and what we wear all have to do, this example that Jesus is giving, they all have to do with what is material, what is temporary, and what is visible. You can touch it. It fades away. There's no eternal value to these things. That's why Jesus is using this example, right? So look, that question that Jesus asked, he's asking us to, is not life more than food, more than the body, uh, what we wear, right? Let me ask you this question. Is not life, the way we live, the way you live, the way I live, is not life more than the material? The temporary and the visible? Isn't there more to life than materialism and reputation? This is the mantra of this world, by the way. You know, if I go to parents that don't fear the Lord and I want to, like, date someone, right? They're, you know, you know most, most parents, they'll, they'll look for a spouse that has good reputation and good wealth, right? It's a pattern of this world. What is material and what is temporary? Right? It's not life more than these things. And Jesus says this. Hey, guys, the birds of the air, they ain't tripping. There's no worry. They're not anxious. All right? Their feathers aren't branded. All right? They're not, they don't look at each other's nests and be jealous of their nest. All right? They're not worrying about that. And Jesus is saying, hey, remember the father, not the slave master? The slave master who holds back and orders you what to do? Not that, but the father. Remember the father? He cares for you so much more than these birds. You're his children. Remember? I like how, uh, I like how uh, the message Bible says that the birds are carelessly in the care of God. Can we, can we just imagine just if that's just what's really in our hearts? Like, I'm in, I am carelessly in the care of God. Woo! Right? Let's just say that together. Let's close our eyes real quick. I just want to try it, right? And we say, I am carelessly in the care of God. Let's say it full sentence. One, two, three. I am carelessly in the care of God. Amen. I love that. I would get a tattoo of that, man. You know? I love that. Right? <laughs> Some of y'all are really, really going to do it, right? Are you not of more value than them? Right? You know, I want to tell you guys today that Jesus is reminding us today that 
You are a son. And God is a father. You are not an orphan. Because check this out. You know who lives and makes decisions according to anxiety? Orphans. You know, orphans, there was a time I went to a buffet with some orphans. And when you go to a buffet, it's, it's unlimited, right? It's unlimited food. But he just, he was just getting so much food on his plate, bringing like five, six plates. And I'm like, hey, it's not going to run out. But you see, there's this orphan mentality. There's this anxiety. There's this fear of lack that's in him. That I feel like it's actually the way of the world, right? Accumulation of wealth. Accumulating our reputation. This is what, the, what we call the orphan spirit, guys. But sons, sons of God who really, really believe that God is actually our father, despite our positive or negative experiences of our earthly father, the God of the Bible is actually our father who actually really sees us as sons who will not hold back. Amen? That's who you are. That's who we are. Okay? Amen? So, it says right here, even who? Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed or dressed like one of these, like the lilies of the field, all right? What Jesus is saying here is this. Solomon is King David's son, and Solomon was a baller. Solomon was a baller. He had everything, all right? He was like the richest man who walked the earth. And he worked so hard to dress himself, to dress himself, right? He worked so hard to, to dress himself what, what, with what he achieved. Everything that when he dies, he can't take with him, right? I'm going to go back to Solomon later, all right? But let's move forward. I'm going to go back to Solomon later. But here's the rebuke. Now, this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt, guys. So Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Watch this, guys. Watch this. Anxiety, it comes from a lack of faith in the goodness of God and the greatness of God. When it comes down to it, the reason why we feel anxious in our lives is because of a lack of faith. It's called unbelief. Unbelief. That God is, not, God is for us. Unbelief that he's a good father. Unbelief that he is so committed to you and I. Oh, you of little faith. You see, you know why? Anxiety, it doesn't take faith. <laughs> you know that? Anxiety doesn't take any faith at all. Right? But look, God is not attracted to anxiety. God is attracted to faith. It says in the Bible that faith pleases the Lord. Faith pleases the Lord, not anxiety. Amen? Um, you see, let me break anxiety down for us a little bit. Basically, sum up, sum up what we're talking about tonight, all right? Um, hold up. You see, anxiety, 
It comes from fear. Anxiety comes from fear. Stay with me, all right? Fear, it comes from unbelief. Like I just said, okay? Like I just said. You see, the two points I want us to understand about anxiety today is that anxiety comes from unbelief, and two, anxiety comes from when we focus on what is temporary and material. You guys got that. I know you guys get me, right? But I love how Jesus ends, ends this section. He says this, but here's our way out, all right? Here's our way out. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Now, this is what I want us to get. It says, seek first, seek first the kingdom of God. When I say, when we read the kingdom of God, you know what that's talking about? Seek first that which is invisible. That which is immaterial. And that which is eternal. The very opposite of food, drink, and what we wear. You guys with me? I'll say that again. Seeking first his kingdom, it it means seeking that which is invisible, immaterial, and that which is eternal. Okay? That which is eternal. Seeking the things that matter. Okay? Look, Jesus is inviting us to, to seek what is eternal. Not ground our security in what is temporary. Why would he do that? Right? Now, let me ask you a question. It says this. Seek first the kingdom and, this, and all these things shall be added unto you. Like the material things, it will be added unto you. So what is Jesus trying to say? He's saying this. Hey. God wants to bless you with material things. Amen? God wants to bless you. But God, if he's a good father, why would he want to pour out these things on you if it's going to perpetuate your dependence on those things? Why would God want to pour out these material blessings if he knows that our security is going to be in these things that fade away? You see, when God sees in our hearts that we are actually pursuing something that's invisible, something that actually lasts forever, then God knows That when he blesses us, we won't idolize those things. Because when we idolize those things, we'll be in a perpetual cycle of anxiety. Perpetual cycle of anxiety. You guys get that? Right? Now look, I want to um, come back to Solomon, all right? Solomon, I said he was a baller. And by the end of his life, this is what he says, all right? He says this, Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil. And this was my reward for everything that I did. All right? Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expanded in doing it. And behold, all was vanity. Everything was a waste. And a striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Solomon pursued everything that was material and temporary. And at the end of his life, you know what he said? All that was vanity. What a waste of my life. And then he writes one more thing that he leaves for the rest of us. He says this. And he has written, God has written what on our hearts? Eternity on our hearts. God has written eternity on your heart and my heart. What does that mean? You and I, we will not be satisfied. We cannot escape anxiety 
unless we realize that we need to align our lives to things of eternity. Things that don't waste away. Waste away. You know, when you go to heaven, you can't take your reputation with you. When you go to heaven, you can't take your wealth with you. But so many of us, why are we in such a cycle of anxiety? Because we think that this life is all that there is. But God is saying, hey, I have put eternity on your hearts. So what are the things that are eternal? God is eternal. The kingdom of God is eternal. The culture, the values of the kingdom of God is eternal. These are the things that you and I, we were made for. Amen? Now, anxiety comes from, you guys get this, right? So I like this. I like this, all right? I'm moving on quick because I'm running out of time, all right? How many of you guys want to get free? Yeah, raise your hand if you want to get free, right? You see, when our hearts are free, when we are totally free from anxiety and fear and unbelief, you know what that opens up our heart for? It opens up our lives to experience what you call joy. Joy. How many of you guys would like to walk and live this life in true joy? You know, this, we all need joy. This nation needs joy. As you go home today, get in the subway and just look around. You feel it. You see it in people's faces. People are tired from anxious toil, from chasing after things that are so temporary. But when you align our when we align our hearts to what is eternal, we start experiencing what you call joy. Amen. Joy. And joy, the difference between happiness and joy, let's read this quote. All right. It says, "You can have real joy in unlikely circumstances when the motivation for your joy is not your circumstances." All right? When the motivations for your, for your joy is not your circumstance, that's when you really begin to experience joy. Okay? Now, Paul, who suffered so much, Apostle Paul, he went to jail, he was beaten, he was spat upon, he was doing all these things. I want, I want you to read this thing he said that we can learn a thing or two about. And Paul says this. He says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, For I have learned in whatever situation, circumstance, whatever situation, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. Wow. I looked up the definition of joy. And the best definition I can find was in two words. Joy is grace recognized. Joy is grace recognized. What is grace? Grace is everything that you and I have that we so do not deserve. Another guy said that anything better than hell is grace. All that is grace. Joy is is when we, we experience joy and we begin to walk this life constantly recognizing grace. It cultivates in our hearts a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, guys. Right? That is what it means. Right? Now, I want to 
I'm almost done here, but I want to share one of my favorite verses, and I want all of us to memorize this when you go home. Because when I'm in a place of anxiety, and when I'm tripping out, right, this is the verse that I read the most, and it's this. It says, you, Psalm 1611 says this, you make known to me the path of life, the way of life, the way to live, right? And it says this, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Where there is fullness of joy, that is where anxiety fades away, guys. That is where anxiety fades away. What does it mean to be in his presence? You see, what it means to be in his presence is to have our undivided attention toward God. You know, when I worship, you know why I close my eyes? Because I want to shut myself away from everything that is tangible. Everything that is temporary. Everything that is of this world. And I want to engage in just focusing my heart, full attention on God. That's what it means to be in the presence of God. It's not just entering a church building. Because what happens when you enter the presence of God? This happens. We begin to reorient how we really see God. We begin to recalibrate our sight, not just for here, but for eternity. We begin to realign our hearts to the place of faith. We begin to rest. We begin to rejoice. And anxiety, the things that have been weighing us down, the things that are temporary, begins to just fade away. Begins to just fade away. To sum it all up, it's this, all right? Joy comes when we refocus from the material to the immaterial. From the visible to the invisible. From the temporary to what is eternal. Amen? You know, if I can ask Kate to come up here. Uh, I want to take some time to pray today. Because I felt like... um, you know, I have a lot more to say in my message, but I feel like we just need to pray. I feel like God wants to touch you guys tonight. Right? Um, when I was preparing for this message, there are certain things that God put on my heart. I felt like God was putting on my heart, I want to set my children free from anxiety. I want to set them on a different trajectory. I want to give them eternal perspective. I want to invite them to the eternal table where, to, where we feast of his goodness rather than feasting on the crumbs of the material world. You know, God was speaking to me say, I want, there's some of us in here that are really, we can't go to sleep. Struggling with sleep because we're just so anxious about our lives. Some of us in here, we've been battling for a long time It's just an intense anxiety to the point where it's draining our energy. You feel unmotivated to do things. And God's heart as a father toward you, he wants to set you free from these things. So if we can all just close our eyes right now.